Tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Off, or at least Jimmy Fallon and do like a lip sync battle. Lip sync battle. battle. I would love to do that. It's, Good stuff. Like Aerosmith. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is the limitless. I just, I'm blown away. <laughs> yeah, we are here, After Buzz fans, with the limitless after show, um, spicing it up with another great, great classic song intro. Um, <laughs> This is Arm Again. That's right. Clever play on words. Um, I'm your host, JB Zimmerman. You can find me at JB underscore Zimmerman on all social media. Alongside the co-host, Frank. Yes. Where can JB, they find you? Good to have you back this yes, week. Yes, I know. I, my sabbatical has ended. Yeah. I am. I've returned. 25 minutes by yourself is kind of tough. Whew, uh, I bet. Last I week. I bet. So. You, dude, you handled it like a champ. And I, I know you. the fans were very... Uh, Enthusiastic about hearing from you, and I'm, I'm glad you kept it going because I know that both um, me and Amanda, or Amanda and I, were both out. So yep. thank you for taking the reins and taking care of that. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, you guys can find me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go Frank M. And like JB said, I, I want to thank you guys for all the support after last week's show. You know, driving here, I was like, man, I have to come up with 25 minutes. All by myself yeah. and just talk to yourself for 25 minutes, so it was tough. But so many of you out there uh, reached out with your support. Uh, we actually had uh, the co-executive producer of Limitless, Doug Arniakoski, uh, reached out and said that he loved the show. And um, I really appreciated that. So we reached out to him, and so we're going to have him on a future episode. Yes, uh, can't wait to talk for about that. Um, we uh, are obviously heading into the holidays, so you know there is going to be a bit of a break. Um, but definitely, as we know, there is a renewal of, of the series or, or so they got a full season order from, right. from the network. So we'll definitely hear from Doug, um, sometime soon. So definitely yeah. stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, but for this episode, mm-hmm. really awesome. If it is our send off, a great way to go out mm-hmm. for the holidays. Uh, we cut to basically where we left off last last episode. Brian and his dad are having the talk. Uh, pretty much reveals all. I mean, how, how'd you feel about that? I love that it picked up right where the episode left off with one of the most compelling through lines of this season so far. Brian and his dad's relationship has been, for me, one of the the most exciting parts of the show, the the most depth of character between the two. And throughout this episode, 
Uh, I, I said last week on the show, I predicted that this was going to cause problems for Brian. This is not the way I thought the problems were going to come out. I thought Eddie Moore's organization and, and Mr. Sands would find mm. out, and that would be the repercussions that comes Brian's way. Um, so it was really unexpected, but original and, and interesting, more interesting, the way that they did it, which is that Brian's dad is so concerned about him that despite Brian's insistence that his dad doesn't pursue removing him from the FBI, he does it anyway. And it's his father's love that is motivating him. There's no extra ambition on Mr. Finch's part. It's just that he wants his son to be free and free to be able to pursue what he wants in life. Exactly. And it comes from a place of the father figure being a protector Mm -hmm. and knowing what's best. Mm -hmm. I think that was the most interesting dynamic for me watching it is that he wasn't like, oh, you know, Brian's not not capable of of this. Like he's stupid or I always have to like clean up after him. It (laughs) was really genuine concern where it was like, you know, he is kind of preventing him from putting himself in in harm's way. And so – you know, it, it does come from a place of love, and it's very hard to villainize that. You know, he puts himself up as sort of an obstacle, as a, as a, um, you know, as someone moving against the grain from everything else, from Brian, the FBI, obviously Nas. Um, and so it's interesting where you can't quite fault him for that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's like if he gets in the way. That's going to be a problem. That's very true. And it, when he walked into Nas's office tonight, he being Mr. Finch, I looked at you. I was like, oh, oh, here we go. This right. is a real problem now because if his dad is going to such lengths to come to the FBI office where his son is working, he's going all the way with this. And he calls another attorney and tries to work on Brian getting him out. Um, he tries to convince him on the, the street there. And then – the most dynamite scene of the show was the final scene between uh, Mr. Finch and Nas. Yeah, what a woo. parental standoff. It was Jesus. Great, but it was so great because it was intense without yelling. Two very skilled actors in a scene of intense intensity without letting the top off the bottle. So, you know, Nas... Yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. It was a very controlled... Um, intensity, like you yeah. to use your word. Um, I mean, I thought it was such a great scene because they were connecting on a level, but also in complete opposition. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of of almost borderline threats. Yeah. You know, like it, it was a threat. I mean, from Brian's dad to Nas, if my son gets hurt, you're going to jail. Right. And you know, whenever someone comes up to you and says, "I'm an attorney." Of course, there's the little extra defense that goes up because you don't want to say anything that could potentially get you into trouble later. Uh, I deal with attorneys with my work, so I know how it is uh, dealing with people. And when they call you up and start throwing laws at you, you start to get shook. Right. Um, but I love the way Nas handled it with a smile and um, should I call my attorney? Oh, I do have to call my attorney. But she stays in it for genuine concern about Brian and – these are two people that both have the same goal. They do want the best for Brian, uh, da- the dad, so that his son can ultimately be free. And in his mind, he's not right now. And Nas, because Brian's excelling. And she even says in the scene, I think you underestimate your son, which I really liked. Yeah, no, that was a great moment. I mean, Nas actually speaking for Brian yeah. um, and kind of 
it, it's a it, interesting dynamic because it's sort of you know where she is the protect she is sort of his dad his 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 day his work mom yeah his work mom yeah um and she's kind of protecting him and it's kind of like they're have a moment where Nas is like you know I can handle this like you should pass me the torch so to speak um and it's a very combative way where where dad does not want that like right. he is not about to let Brian out of his control which is an interesting moment because, you know, I, I think all parents have to uh, see that moment of, you know, I have to let my kid go. I have to yeah. let them do what they want to do, you know, even though they may know different or they may know better. Um, there is a moment where you have to just let your kids be your kids and do what they want to do. And, and so to see him struggle with that moment and ultimately choose that he's not going to do that at this point is interesting. I mean, I can't say I blame him completely knowing how Brian is without NZT Mm -hmm. and sort of where he would be without it. I think his dad has been conditioned that he's not ready. Yeah. I think you've just made a very compelling case for what us as viewers would make for Brian. But the flip side of that, I think is quite understandable. Like you just said, JB, that his dad has a real argument. When If you have a child and they're dating the wrong person and you don't want them to be with that you know, boy or girl exactly. or whoever they're dating and you know better, parents go the extra <laughs> mile to make sure that that doesn't happen and they continue to argue against it. And I think there's just that love and that care and concern to see something that you don't see um, as a as a child. And I think because Brian hasn't matured uh, according to a normal timeline, it's adding extra urgency to uh, Mr. Finch to say, this isn't right, this is wrong, you, you haven't earned it, this is not you, and I think it's setting off alarm bells for him over and above what a normal parent would for what's apparently... You know, a 30-something guy. Um, Because Brian is old enough now to be his own man and have his own job, but he hasn't to this point. So I think that is playing into Mr. Finch's actions. um, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I really agree. I mean, uh, aside from the miracle drug that he takes every day, Brian is not a very ambitious or smart or successful person. Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, he's definitely likable, and I think that's what gives this show, I mean, we talk about time and time again, you know, such a fresh feel, and it's so uh, fun to watch because, you know, he's a fun guy. He's someone, like, you would enjoy hanging out with, and, and, you know, he loosens a lot of the stiffness that we'd expect from an FBI agency. That's a great point, and I made the point last week that I thought Boyle and Brian's relationship took a step back because they had built up this rapport where they they got close, and um, Boyle helped Brian and Rebecca out a couple weeks ago in in achieving their mission. But this episode, I thought, was a great reestablishment of their relationship. So Brian is helping out Boyle with his friends, um, yeah, I mean, let's definitely the, talk um, about Boyle for yeah. for a second. I love yeah. that we got more backstory from him. Um, I mean, again, they kind of come in these cookie crumbs, but mm-hmm. it's great to know that he was a former war vet. Yeah, um, you know, and he obviously has close ties to the guys he served with. Mm-hmm. 
as anyone would. I mean, it, whenever you're put into any intense situation, you bond with, with the people you're with, throw that in a life and death scenario, and, you know, obviously you're going to see those people as as very, um, you know, highly influential on, yeah. on, on your your whole way of life. I mean, it'd be hard to fault anyone that you shared a moment like that with. Yeah, and you see a, a very strong relationship between Aaron and Boyle from the beginning of the episode. Obviously, they got hit with an IED, um, and Aaron lost his arm. So there's probably even a stronger bond above and beyond what you just described, which I totally agree with and think is correct. But then, uh, just to finish my point on the Brian and, and Boyle relationship, right. they got close again, and... Um, Boyle comes to Brian for help, and Brian is, of course, willing to do so. And I liked how when they go to the uh, company and meet with Q, uh, that Brian's playing with the arm, and uh, Boyle's slightly embarrassed by Yeah, he's like, I think that's the way that that they are, though, right? Like, oh, this is kind of like my my nerdy friend who's making me embarrassed. But ultimately, there's there's a, a good rapport between them exactly that's what i think is more interesting no definitely i mean and that's sort of why those cookie crumbs of his backstory for boyle really adds up i mean he is sort of the like shoes perfectly tied you know uptight guy where you know he is very by the book he Mm -hmm. is like an army dude you know where his bed's probably made Every day, like when he leaves, <laughs> right? Um, which is a perfect contrast with Brian and sort of why I think they initially had friction in the early episodes, mm-hmm. getting to be on the same page. Yeah. Like he was like, "Who is this, you know, recluse dude <laughs> who yeah. just like waltzes in, um, wearing hoodies and like you know chewing gum?" Yeah, he comes out of nowhere and he has become a really valuable asset. Um, to the organization. Absolutely. Um, I liked that Quentin was pursuing Brian in a to come and work for him. Yeah, that was an, an extra layer. I mean, I love the whole James Bond thing where he goes into the R&D department of yeah. this high-tech, like, arm manufacturing place. I mean, that's one of their various... Uh, new tech. Yeah. but Well, I like that, but the reason I liked Qu- Quentin recruiting Brian is because, like the top ten last last week, if Brian's catching six or seven of the top ten, it's worldwide news. Right. And remember when Whitey Bulger got caught in Santa Monica, there was all this press coverage, and here's what he did, and, um, and here's how they found him. So for Brian's skill level, everybody would be after him in that case. Media, uh, companies for to try and get him to come work. So I like that we saw that Brian is ultra-valuable out there, and now he's being pursued by... A company and a CEO. I think it's a a realistic reflection of his potential real world value. Definitely. I mean, I absolutely agree with you that it's a great recognition of sort of the the impact that he's having on the world. I mean, like you said, if he was doing all these crazy things and like of global scale, people would start to take notice. So it's great that you know people are and and the job offers are coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having said that, I feel like he handled it in the only way he could. Which is to kind of, you know, humbly decline because, you know, without the FBI, he really can't do those things. Like, you know, the perks are real. The perks are his ability to be this amazing. And without the FBI, he doesn't get the NZT and 
he would be fired from this R&D place pretty quickly (laughs) (laughs) without uh, being able to turn up some pretty insane results, like hacking into this arm, which, you know, was previously thought as impossible. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. When he said, you can't match. Yeah, exactly. Unless you can... I mean, they could... I mean, it's possible that at a place like that with enough pre... Like, NZT in his stash, Mm -hmm. he might be able to kind of reverse engineer making more of it. But without NZT, Brian's not going to be able to to handle that But he wouldn't have the shot. Exactly. And that's the important point. So if he doesn't have that, he more a shot. He goes off on his own to his own job. Exactly. And and I think he likes what he does. He likes helping people. He likes figuring things out. And, you know, he likes the people he works with. He's, you know, I, I... you can definitely get behind. It's only a matter of episodes before he and uh, Rebecca have a thing and <laughs> she breaks up with... Uh, <laughs> That's my old prediction. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I think everybody can see that coming. Hopefully, it. I don't think it needs to happen soon because there's so much um, story in, involved in the characters, obviously Brown's family. Well, remember, we switched allegiances. We want it to be Nas's daughter now. So bring her on back. That's true. I can't believe you... You had uh, predicted that it was going to be last episode. Uh, yeah, I get. Yeah, she she has not shown up. I guess they're saving that one as well. Um, I mean, again, that could get into some interesting territory with Nas. I am going to ask Doug about that when he comes on the show. Oh, 100%. If we can see Nas's daughter back on the show, uh, that's probably going to be my lead question yeah. for him. So, Doug, if you're watching, prepare that answer now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. As much as I appreciate that that actress's role in the show. I do think it would be sort of a different plot direction to kind of take the show given a relationship with it's, – it's very like inside baseball. Not that that's impossible because mm-hmm. she doesn't obviously work within the FBI. Mm-hmm. But that would change the relationship he has with Nas a lot. Mm-hmm. And now that we have this bit with uh, Brian's dad, you know, I think that would murky the waters a lot more. Um, I mean, for better or for worse, if she liked him, she could be more protective because he's, like, part of the fam. Right. You know, if that was, you know, sort of going south, then she would be more inclined, to, I think, to take dad's side and sort of say, okay, take him back. Like, we don't – we've been the FBI before Brian Finch. We can do things by the book as we've always done. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, I, I think it, I'm starting to fall off the Brian and Rebecca – relationship really? train. Okay. I think they are becoming more friends than anything else. Right. Sort brother, of a, sister. Yeah. Totally. A, a brother, sister or friend zone area where there may be some attraction between them, but it never gets expressed. And so then eventually it sort of dies. Yeah. Um, I think that's where I see it going now because they have great bonding moments, but it's never with an attraction undertone. Right. It's more of a... Um, a trusting bond than anything else. Yeah, so, I mean, I I wouldn't mind if they if they did. At yeah. the same time, you know, I respect if they don't like ever. Um, you know, um, in a lot of ways, when there is a relationship of two characters, two main characters, that can kind of downplay the other relationships in the show. Mm-hmm. And if Brian and Rebecca have a very strong connection and they become an item and they're like a team, uh, what is it, Team Brecca? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
then, you know, his relationship with everybody else, all the other supporting ca- characters, Boyle, Nas, you know, even his family sort of fall by the wayside. Yeah. You know, because there isn't as strong of a connection. Yeah. And, and obviously they do have a particular bond, but it's not overpowering in a way that it would be, I feel like, if they were in a full-blown relationship. Yeah, I like how Rebecca can identify certain keywords with Brian. Well, when you say this, this is always when you want to talk to me. And uh, they have uh, they're starting to read each other, and just with facial cues, which is cool. There's there's a lot of nonverbal communication going on in the show, and it always adds an extra layer of understanding between the characters. And to be honest, just very skillful acting right. when you can accomplish a lot without saying anything. Definitely, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of recurring themes that we see, and it kind of puts me more at, at ease as the viewer, just kind of in that comfortable, that familiar comfortability. You know, um, mm-hmm. the it's beer o'clock thing <laughs> that they they do yes. um, has sort of become like a segment where yeah. we get information um, about sort of what's going on, and and Brian's able to at least confide in someone about the moves that he's making and sort of how dangerous. I mean, there's always going to be levels of people's information and clearance, I guess you can right. call it, uh, based on how much Brian reveals about the whole shebang, you know, right. the Eddie Moore thing. I mean, he was very good at initially saying that he didn't tell his dad about that, which is good because right. given how dad reacted, it would have gone real haywire really quickly and dad probably would have gotten killed. That's a honest. great point. Yeah, that's a great point. And he cleared that up right away at the beginning of the episode. And it was something I was wondering last week. Is Mr. Sands going to find out? Right. And I still was getting nervous while they were talking about it on the street. I'm thinking, why are they talking about this wide open where anybody could walk, be standing nearby or listen? Um, This informational disclosure is not just going to affect Brian's dad. If Brian's dad stays quiet about it, perhaps there won't be any repercussions. But if they continue to talk and and continue with this plot line... The Mora organization is going to find out eventually. Definitely. I mean, I agree 100%. I think that that's sort of my big prediction to, to come out now. But I think if Dad keeps on this, like, vendetta train, yeah. um, you know, this vigilante I know best thing, yes. then he will get caught. He's going to, you know, rattle enough cages that Eddie Moore is going to find out and shut that down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that's the real... Uh, it'd be huge conflict, you know, for Brian to deal with Eddie Mora, who he idolizes and, and sort of has him by the balls with <laughs> with this serum. Yeah. Um, and his family. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the Nas dad conversation. Yeah. I think that they were very careful. I mean, a credit to the writers. You know, he – dad is a lawyer. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. And I think he – was able to reveal enough where they could have a full-blown conversation about it without being incriminating of one another. If, you know, one of them had a wiretap, there's nothing too specific. They never mentioned NZT by name mm-hmm. um, where it would be a problem. There's, a, again, a lot of threats, a lot of pretty pretty harsh talk going back and forth. But I think that they were both safe from a legal standpoint, yeah. and, which is uh, cool that they kept it that way. Well, and it seems like they agreed to meet in a public place on a bench so that there wouldn't be any um, Funny business, yeah. yeah. Funny business, for lack of a better word. But you're right. There was an undercurrent of – not anger. It's not the right word. But an undercurrent of 
tension between the two, which right. he, which was very palpable as you watched. Definitely, the I mean, scene. Dad was very aggressive yeah. in the scene. It, he he loves Brian. You after watching this episode, you cannot argue that Brian's dad doesn't care what he's up to, or isn't concerned with what's going on with him. Brian ignores his calls, and he finds him at his apartment. He finds him at the CJC. And he does not give up, and he loves his son. And I think while we as viewers want to be like, Dad, get out of the way. Just let him get back to what he's doing. Right. There's a certain side of me that goes, good for you. Good for you that you really care enough about your son that you, you're you going to pursue what you think is best because you love him. Yeah. I mean, again, we talked about this in the beginning of our recap. Like, it's yeah. hard to fault him. Like, he yeah. is putting on the full court press going after what he thinks is right and, and best for Brian. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to see it not going astray. I mean, yeah. knowing that Brian is so at home at the FBI, like, he's got the HQ cleared. <laughs> he, you know, really likes his coworkers. He's finally doing something with his life. Yeah. Um, I hope that there's a way that... You know, Brian's going to be able to bring his dad in enough to see that right. without, you know, jeopardizing the whole stack of cards. Because, yeah. it, you know, it is top clearance stuff. It's not something you can just broadcast on, on YouTube like, hey, this is it. Or send dad a text like, you got to gotta back off. I got this. He had that conversation with him. But just because of the history, you know, it's going to be a really tough convince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I did want to point out on Twitter there was a really Ooh, yes, good, um, really good feedback this week. You guys can always reach out to us on Twitter using the hashtag #ABTVLimitless. Yes, uh, we cull through your comments before we start the show each week, and we pick out the best ones to feature on the air and to talk about. So, yeah, let's fire some yeah, off. Some really cool ones this week. Um, first of all, Melissa out there. This is at underscore Melissa D Arnold. Um, said, I completely agree with the backstep of Boyle's character last week. Uh, sort of a letdown. Uh, that was a point that I made on the mm-hmm. show. And uh, I hope, Melissa, you saw this week in the episode the same thing I did, which was a growing of their episode. We discussed that a, a few minutes ago. But um, And also Vern, at Vern's Views, is always watching. Love Vern. Yeah, Vern. Uh, thank you, Keep Vern. Keep it up, buddy. He says, um, when uh, Lawrence, this, was, uh, this is regarding last week's episode, when Lawrence said how beautiful Rebecca is, uh, we need to have her and Brian undercover in evening wear. Um, so he's uh, – uh, Vern is feeling it out there for uh, Brian and Rebecca. He's clearly on the relationship train. I also thought that was kind of funny Yeah, uh, what he said there. So um, really love the comments this week, guys. And, and again, all your support. A couple of people here said um, uh, K-Pop Kim at uh, K – Kendrick uh, said, oh, bummer, you're all by yourself tonight. It was a great episode tonight, though. So uh, really appreciated uh, that feedback, too. So our fans out there care. Yeah, they do. And that's the main thing. No, you, you fans, thank you guys so much. Please uh, keep watching. We'll, we'll definitely keep doing them. If you yeah. do like the show, please comment. We read them. We love your comments. Rate us on, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, wherever you are watching, listening. It definitely helps keep the show going that's and right. all the shows here at AfterBuzz. Yeah. Um, back to the episode real quick, because there were two procedural elements in this one. Um, obviously the whole arm tech, which we, we started to get into with that conspiracy, how that, um, was playing out. Did you think that that was expected? Do you think the, you know, with the, the car pile up, the, yeah. I mean, first off, I, I love the, uh, the fugitive, um, 
shout out. It wasn't me. It was the arm. Right. Um, <laughs> the one arm man. Yes, the one arm arm. Yeah. That's right. I really liked it this week. And I'm not normally a big case of the week procedural type of fan. Mm-hmm. But this was a really fun one to follow. And initially, I thought that Aaron was not guilty. I thought I believed him. Really great portrayal by the I actor know. there. Really? I was like all Team Aaron, and then I was like, dude. Exactly. <sighs> Twists yeah. at the end. Yeah, the Twists final the scene end. with Boyle was great. I I knew when they um, arrested Ellen Kang that yeah, that, that, that wasn't, wasn't her. So that was, a, that was a bit predictable, but it was not predictable to see that the reversal was coming from from. Aaron's character. From Kenny or from Aaron? Yeah. From Aaron, Aaron Aaron was a complete... I did not see that coming yeah. at all. Yeah. The the Kenny Ellen thing was interesting just because he... It had seemed that he crossed all of his eyes, like, crossed all of his T's, dotted all of his eyes. Yeah. Like, you know, he had done so many highly intelligent things, like, up yeah. to the detail of this whole, like, cat joke <laughs> thing. Uh, like... I don't know if you can call it a cliche, but like you see, like put it, leave something out and see what the cat looks up. Yeah, very random and specific, <laughs> as many things on this show are. Yeah. Thank you, writers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting that he would overlook something so simple as you know how to tie um, tie a headdress. Um, uh, you know, obviously trying the traveling in the Arab nations. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think that you would do a little bit of research and, and figure that out. I'm sure he also didn't expect someone who's enhanced by NZT to pay attention to such a minute true, detail. True, true. Um, so, I, yeah, that, you know, Kenny confessed, and that was really kind of a little bit, maybe a little bit too neat how he, you know, signed his confession and got it done. But we got to get the episode wrapped up in, in an hour, so uh, he needs to confess there. But um, I liked the courthouse steps scene that resulted from Kenny confessing. Absolutely. Um, and Boyle said, hey, you got out. Uh, don't get used to it because you killed your wife. Yeah. And I love – I probably the best part about that scene other than sort of that finding out the twist was how they knew that he, he – <laughs> punching in the face Brian was awesome too. But it was classic Limitless, classic Brian Finch move. Of course. That, that is their humor. Yeah. That is – you're exactly right. That is their style of humor right there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, quit hitting yourself. Yeah. Quit hitting yourself. Uh, no, I love that how Boyle sort of – told him that he was screwed and was like, yeah, the trial is not going to go the way you want because, you know, there is this thing that you didn't think about, the cameras. Mm -hmm. Like, that was so spot on. Like, how... I I didn't even think about that. Like, you know, there would need to be a way that a remote controller would have to have to sabotage these things. The only thing I was thinking of was how he did it for the car pileup. I mean, I, I assume there's a lot of traffic cameras... But still, that would be tough. Yeah. Also, I you know, I can give it a little leeway with you know any movement, even if he just locked the hand up um, of someone who's driving a car on a freeway. Right. You know, would do a lot of damage. That's very like true. even if you were not allowing someone to move it, um, that would screw things up pretty bad. Yeah. But yeah, and remember, if if you can't move your arm, you can't turn or right. steer. Um, so that's just to further your point. I think that's what it, it's not just your hand that's stuck on the wheel; it's just your entire mar- arm, which can't 
help steer or right. move it. So, yeah, I, I could see how it would cause a, a car accident. There. Exactly. Yeah. Um, other honorable mentions of the comedy that is classic Limitless that we love. Um, the the montage with the Armageddon. Um, <laughs> they have yes. you know with everything's going into chaos. All the the hands are malfunctioning. Uh, <laughs> one like uh, it's like an art curator. Like, her hand goes crazy, and she, like, tears up a priceless piece of art. Yeah. Uh, Which I just thought was funny because, you know, as a kid going to museums, there's always, like, the don't touch policy, and I always (laughs) snuck in. And for I don't even know why. I was just like, you know what? I got to touch this. That's a great point. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and a cool visual effect. We talk about the visual effects a lot on this show. A couple groups that I want to shout out this week for Limitless would be number one, their their wardrobe team. I think after paying, I paid a lot of attention this week to what the characters were wearing. Uh, I personally really like Boyle's coat. That gray coat looked really cool on him. But you you see the style of each character and. I think what a lot of people don't realize just watching normally and, and we're just trying to like keep up with what's going on with the show is that there is a, an entire wardrobe department. Um, there is There are makeup people. There are hair people who are designing each one of these characters. Right. I work for a high-end beauty salon company called Salon Republic, and so I noticed the things about the hair um, of each one of these characters. I mean, L. King's character, she had the gray sort of granny style, which is right at the front of the trends right now. So super high-end, and she worked for a high-end company, um, looked really good. Brian's hair looked really good, and I just want to give those people some credit, because I feel like a lot of times, yeah, absolutely. You know, they're behind the scenes, and we don't think about you know what they're wearing, and, and you know the people who do the hair and makeup, and all the characters look really cool, and, and what they wear and how they look only enhances the internal components that the actors are bringing to the table. Exactly, today. exactly. I mean, the wardrobe department definitely does take it a step forward. It's not like they're just, okay, let's make these people look good. There's a reason behind everything. There's a reason, yeah. you know, Brian wears more comfortable clothing and, and hoodies and stuff, and Boyle wears a very, like, power tie, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. the, the the winter coat. Like, he's very, like, calm, Cle- collected, like, yeah. you know, he's an army guy. Again, it's yeah. like a very calculated wardrobe. Um, same with his dad. Like, his dad is is a suit. You know, he's another guy that is just, he's a lawyer. Um, so he's going to be, you know, in a similar sort of way. And, and the colors that they choose, obviously, we, we've talked a lot about the, yes. the filters and, and um, different shades that they throw on the scenes to give us different feelings What when we're on NZT, when we're off. Um, yeah, just phenomenal for all of the crew, everybody in, in, on the post team especially. Yeah, like, I think there's so much craft that goes into – all the aspects of the show, even the extras casting, we forget about that. But every person you see on camera, whether they're at the front of the frame or behind it, way in the background, two blocks back on a city street, is all coordinated by the director director and the production team. And those people can't look at the camera. They have to stay away. They have to do their jobs and just walk on by the main character. But it adds such a real feeling to each episode, and I think there's a tremendous amount of craft that goes into um, those things that aren't necessarily recognizable to um, the casual viewer. Yeah, and, and it's just the the funny elements and things that we would ordinarily like throw away, like yeah. the Kenny 
Sineda, like, <laughs> he goes to the Arab Emirates, and how they get him back is such a creative and, like, off-the-wall idea. Yeah. You know, that's – it's fun, and it's innovative, and it's new. Like, having them send all these photos of, like – Stuff that is so not kosher <laughs> in those places, you know, is is such a unique idea. I mean, yeah. it's it's a fun way to do something simple. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. And and it's not just okay. We need to get him back. Let's just catch him at the airport. Like you know, where it was leading us that way. They they saw him on the security cameras. You know that they could have just as easily said, okay, that's happening live, let's grab him. Mm-hmm. Boom, bring him in. But no, you know, they made the point of having it be like a day earlier so they could, you know, send a bunch of bacon to all of, all of these places under his name. Mm-hmm. You know, really, like, <laughs> weird and fun stuff that's, yeah. again, um, is just really shows how much fun the people creating it are having, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, possible not to, to get... Get involved in as well. It's very contagious. Exactly, right? When they're having fun, then we can have fun as an audience. And when I saw the bacon getting stacked up, I was like, that looks so good right now. I just want to jump it on the screen and eat it all. (laughs) So good. But I liked what you said about, you know, the the originality of the creators and the writers of this show. They come up with something new every week, and but... But and what I loved is keeping the serialized elements of the relationships between Brian and his dad, Brian and Rebecca, um, those plot lines that we saw at the very beginning of the season that are sort of free and exclusive from the Mora organization that keeps this show going week to week. Um, yes, we're going to have a case of the week just about all the time. You know, we've talked about this before. Bradley Cooper is yeah. not always available, so he can't always show up. When he does, it's great. But if not, the show now has enough on its own that it can survive as its own entity, even without him. Yeah, well, I cannot wait until the uh, second half of the season, until yeah. we get more episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this first half of the season fleshed out really well. We learned totally. a lot and had a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. I wasn't expecting to, you know. I just wanted to see, you know, what it would be about if it was going to be more uh, movie-centric. The movie gets dark in places. Right. And this has a much more light, fun feeling to it. Exactly. The movie – I mean, I love the movie as well. Um, I mean, Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro, killer combo. But, you know, it wasn't funny like this show is. Right. I mean, it's a completely different tone that it's become. And it's really coming coming into its own. I think it's setting itself – very much apart from the rest of the procedural shows out there, which is really hard to do. Yeah, that's very true. And um, it, it has enough of the, the the procedural element where a new viewer can come in any week and understand what's going on, but rewards the people who come back each and every week with serialized elements that enhance our understanding and, and, and viewing experience. Of each episode. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like this episode, for instance, you know, doesn't leave anybody in the dust that doesn't know what's happening. But at the same time, it picked up right where we left off right. last last episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it does kind of fill everything. Yeah. It, it does. Awesome. I really like this one. It's a good one. Yeah. So what big predictions do you have? Uh-oh, Should we, we go, the go into that? Coming. Yeah. Um, here we go. And now, you're after Buzz. But yeah, so we might have a bit of a break until the next episode. What yeah. big things do you see coming for next episode, for episodes down the line, kind of globally? 
I, I think after tonight and watching that final ep, uh, that final scene between Mr. Finch and Nas, I think Brian is going to get in a dangerous situation in the second half of the season that's going to span multiple episodes and that ultimately it's going to lead to Brian's dad believing that Brian has died or is seriously injured and they can't get him back. There, We got a big clue this week with Brian's dad and Nas meeting, and he threw down the gauntlet, and I don't think that's something that's just going to be forgotten next episode or is never going to come back. Brian's going to get into a dangerous situation, and his dad's going to want to demand to know where he is, and Nas is not going to have a good answer and is going to say, your, your son's gone or, or something. I think there's really going to be a dangerous situation that he finds himself in that's going to lead to further con- confrontation between Nas and Mr. Finch. Absolutely. I mean, I, I see the big thorn coming um, uh, <laughs> down the road as being the dad. I mean, great actor. Love his character. He means well, yeah. but in this instance, it's it's you know, he is overstepping his bounds. Right. And that's going to be a problem very quickly, especially because he's he's rattling a lot of cages at the FBI. He's convinced that he knows better than Brian mm-hmm. and that Brian is not in his right mind. Mm-hmm. Knowing that he does is taking drugs every day, mm-hmm. um, not ever seeing, you know, the good benefit of that and probably not being allowed to as it is confidential um he's really gonna keep digging until something extreme happens Mm -hmm. we saw that brian confronted him about it and you know had a very convincing argument about how happy he was how much he wants this and for his dad to go like through that and still come out in a way in the way that he did against nas Shows that I, I don't think anything short of a gigantic catastrophe thing or, you know, Eddie Moore kidnapping him or something <laughs> is going to shake him out of this mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see sort of Brian take on a, a – not necessarily an enemy but an obstacle that – he can't really overcome in in traditional ways because it's his dad. Like yeah. being so close to your opposition is is going to be a tricky one, tricky tricky thing for Brian to try to finagle his way out of. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I think Brian's dad is against Brian, and Brian's very pro FBI now. He likes doing the work that he's doing. He feels like he's making his way in the world, you know, and, and becoming more the person that he wants to be. With the pill and then also without it, too, now, because there's a sense of accomplishment that comes from doing all that he's done, whether on the pill or not. Uh, he still has a great sense of humor when he's not on the pill, and, um, and and Brian's dad had a line tonight, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm paraphrasing, but he, he said, you were enough before, so you don't need this pill to be better. And, and in a way, Mr. Finch's comment echoes what Rebecca said a few episodes back where she said, you're the same guy. You're the same guy on NZT or off. You know, Brian's still very funny and achieving things without it. So maybe he he is fighting against this belief that he's not enough 
to to have that type of career in law enforcement without the pill. So he's fighting some insecurity there, um, and he doesn't want to let go because right now he feels powerful and is in the position to be who he always wanted to be. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if no, your exactly. prediction comes to pass there. I guess we will have to wait. I mean, again, just to leave you guys fans with uh, with that, I think that's yeah. a, a perfect way to send off because it is, again, about the morality of this drug, of, of taking drugs. Like do we – like oftentimes I think that is what addicts and, and people who get hooked on things, uh, not necessarily drugs – feel is you know i need this i am not me without it Mm -hmm. like you know you i think that is something you can apply to many different things um in many different ways of life that people get involved in is you know um this is my routine this is something i do every day Mm -hmm. you know like are you you without those certain things and it's i don't know it's an interesting question i i Ask you guys, fans, after seeing you know the first half of this episode, has your view of NZT changed? Like, would you still stand by um, if you made a choice to take NZT or to not? Um, when we first started talking about it at the beginning of the season, I wonder if everybody still would, or yeah. or if it's something you would just pass on now. Yeah, that's interesting. That'll be an interesting thought for our fans. Use that hashtag, ABTV Limitless, and let us know what you think there. I also want to know where people are listening from. So if you're uh, listening to this and you're flying on Thanksgiving and you're listening to us on the airplane, use that hashtag ABTV Limitless. I, I'm always curious yeah, to know where definitely. people are when they're they're hearing us or, or getting their feedback on the episode. Exactly. We've got a lot of great platforms. Obviously, YouTube, it streams there live. Uh, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, the AfterBuzz TV website, wherever you guys want to watch. Please enjoy. <laughs> well, until next time. We will see you guys later. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, guys. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go Frank M. And you can find me at JB underscore Zimmerman. Thanks, guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 